Episode 238, Top 25 Dynasty Hitters. No time to waste. It's time for dingers. This is dingers. Way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Jared Kalenic that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live the straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined, as always, by Robbie Baseball from Murder Room. What's happening, Robbie? Oh, nothing. Just looking at fun, exciting tweets that I'll put away for now. Um, yeah, I just found a piece of paper that is from i'm gonna say our first five podcasts um something uh an idea that i remember working with and i completely punted on a way in which we could kind of talk about players and it was where you would state for dynasty purposes they were um either umpteen years like you picked the number two three years pre-peak at peak uh 10 plus years of remaining value approaching peak uh, or post peak and a post peak player at the time would have been Verlander um, a post peak player at the time though. we did yeah do but I'm saying we sheet. didn't keep doing it like I, I this is like a printout one. I like that we should bring um, that back I like that yeah like pre-peak at peak post peak and then you've got like yeah. just like your your dynasty big boys like Bueller 10 plus years of value uh Strasburg at peak oops uh but this was again this was back when he was pitching <laughs> I mean to be fair we didn't know his at peak was also going to be at brick wall but right but at you know? peak was also <laughs> end of career possibly but there's guys on the prospect list that we've got as well and this is how I know it's old tie it says ETA 2018 <laughs> yeah yeah so this is this is fun um but anyway uh and then this would have been, yeah, this would have been when we first started because this is like Kopech was number one for my uh, prospect Never. rank. Then Honeywell, Never. Lizardo, Whitley. Are you ranking relievers? Like what's happening here? Uh, apparently I am now. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about the rest of the list in some future date. But I just I just like grabbed that. And wow, what a fun, exciting thing. Anyway, dynasty topic. We're, we're talking, we're going to talk. Uh, tw- top 25 hitters under 20, sorry, 25 or under. Um, and I've tried to plug in all the ages so that we can just like continuously update this because between the time I first set the spreadsheet up and when we're recording tonight, three of the players have since turned 26. So, um, this will always revolve, but it's a great idea for picking up players that you don't immediately discard unless you've got some type of position eligibility concern, or, uh, depending on your league setup, you just don't think they're going to fly. Or as one guy, one guy in my top 25 it's very risky. And I had a good conversation with a guy who I was trying to make a trade with this player about, it just didn't work out. He traded him away today to somebody else. And I said, well, that's this guy's problem now. Cause this was my concern and you know, we'll move forward. But anywho, Ty, that was long winded. Um, what's up? How are things with you? Ooh, yeah. Just ready for some outdoor time. You know, it's uh, it's almost time where acceptable to play outside and get the, get the bats warmed up. I already got, off-season acquisition 
baseball backpack where I can put my little helmet and my two bats in my backpack and go oh, to school and just and teach all the school. other kids how to hit singles through the left side of the infield. Um, <laughs> that's kind of, it's really fun. I make this joke all the time in, in my men's league. I'm like, if anyone actually looked at my spray chart, they would know that they need to put one person on the field and put them between <laughs> shortstop and third base and they'd be fine. Like I don't right. hit it anywhere else. Like, <laughs> Uh, it's it's funny. Like I I am Matt Holiday of the men's league, right? Like I just just drill him through that left side. That's all I do. Um, so you're a yeah, righty no one, hitter then? Yeah, yeah. No. Just nobody adjusts. It's just so slow. Like I mean, we're hitting. Some guys can still touch up like 85, 86. There's a couple guys that can bring it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like it's it's the Eddie Harris from major league, like Vaseline style guys, right. just throwing spinners Spin in there, grip. and you're just. If I don't hit it at my own bench, I'm happy. Like that's a huge victory. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, I'm excited to get out there and, and find out which muscles are are broken, um, and, and then try to put them back together so I can make it to the end of the season. What do you oh, got going on? I understand on? that. I, I just I started a new workout routine, um, which I would just call a workout routine. It's not new. There was no previous workout routine I switched to. But now that my hockey season's over, I decided I'm going to try something which is to. Um, be in shape instead of out of shape and it's pretty hard and right now my glutes and my calves and my quads are just on fire which is tough to do um at seven in the morning and then go to work and stand and work in a kitchen all day and a few people were like what's going on because it looked like i'm standing there ready to poop but it really i'm just trying just trying to not fall over as my as my muscles are seizing up on me. But it's a new thing I've never really, you know, done. I've done that's, weight training before. That's not but true it, at all. You've had a very specific routine for a while. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh, it's true. This has been my routine. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, this might be the longest running segment in fantasy baseball. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, is, I, yeah. I mean, A, because I don't know if anyone else tracks, um, and B, like, we have an opportunity to, you know, put the the flag on the moon and say this was our thing to well we've already had it disrupted once but i mean that was by like a group wait of wait wait, who... wait why is there a funnel on my screen right now <laughs> <laughs> well obviously i i'm i'm pouring my di serono into my corona here um and it tastes like dr pepper like tell me you just came from working on your truck without telling me you just came from working on your truck. <laughs> Fun fact, I was working on my truck earlier tonight. I've I'm down to single digits on things left to do. Uh lighting is is one of so here's a fun thing for any of the anyone that knows anything about how loose grounds work with cars. I go to put it in reversed and then make sure my reverse lights come on. Well, they don't, my brake lights do. I put my brakes on, my brake lights come on, I put my turn signals on, they work properly. Uh go to put the the like daytime runners on or low beam or whatever you know where you get your reverse your your brake lights partially come on they don't come on somewhere something's got twisted and i can't figure it out but that's going to be the final thing to do because i just um i'm maybe 40 minutes away from finishing the front brakes resetting everything new calipers arrived today 
Uh, and and I think Ty could be test drive weekend. Ooh. So if next week I'm unable to record, it's because I got in an accident. My brakes didn't work. But um, <laughs> Or somebody ran into you because your brake lights didn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was backing up and they drove right into me. <laughs> but anyway, I'm down to like final little things here. And I still have to put the box back on. But it's so hard to like try to find frayed wires and things that I just I, I know I'm going to have to rerun these wires. But I've been getting out like the schematics. And this is a 1979 truck for anyone who hasn't been following along. This is like basic automotive stuff these days uh, by comparison to the electric cars. But man, it's tough to eventually I'm just going to find like one little wire that's touching a piece of the frame. And that's the reason why those lights aren't working. And oh, it'll be a great moment when it happens. Anyway, great moments also for fantasy baseball stuff. You can always find us at Dingers Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can find Ty at Turney Boss, myself at Robbie Baseball One. We're happy to help answer your questions. You can DM us, which a lot of people like to do, used to do. Uh, you can just put us on your tweet at Dingers if you got a question or a poll you want retweeted, things like that. We're always up for fun. Um, Ty, I got a few questions about what people were going to bid or what they should bid on Logan Allen last mm -hmm. week. And I said, well, I mean, in my non-NFBC leagues, he's available for bidding or, you know, Dynasty Leagues, he's owned everywhere. Um and I was excited to see a start Sunday. That was fun and exciting. But you made a big splash in our surf league, uh, Fab, if you wouldn't mind just letting the people know what's going on there. Yeah, I went and got Mason Miller. I needed strikeouts. I was desperate. I missed on Taj Bradley um, previously. So I need I needed to get some Ks. My I've had a slow start on the pitching side. I think I still have okay pitching depth, but I've been missing Wainwright. Matt Manning went down. So my depth was kind of short. And frankly, like there's just not a lot of guys with elite category upside around and might be one of six guys through the whole year. And you know what? I figured why be as bad as I've been? Let's try to make a <laughs> needle bump. I, I do think Oakland's significantly better than what we've seen. I think we're going to see a better second half. They've had a tough schedule to start, right? So, you know, you look at some of those things like everyone's like, oh, he's in Oakland. You can't pick him up. I think that's a little overstated. Um, I do think I overpaid, but it was an overpay to make sure I got him. And, and that was really what it was. Well, and I think Logan Allen is going to, so anyone who plays on NFBC, if he wasn't drafted, if a prospect wasn't drafted, you can't just go pick him up. They have to have been drafted and then be put back in the player pool prior to having an MLB appearance in order to be eligible to be picked up. So, um, your boy was not eligible until this week. And my boy, Logan Allen, started Sunday, which for some reason in NFBC means they're not eligible for fab that night. Make, makes no yep. damn sense to me. But again, that's my own issue with that site, two catcher leagues, big money, blah, you, blah, blah. You would have got outbid for Logan Allen. That's the position I was in if he was available. <laughs> well, if he was, if it was between him and Miller, I think it would have been more interesting. But now yep. what I think is going to happen in a lot of leagues where he wasn't previously drafted because people didn't think he was going to come up. He wasn't on the 40 man. So they had to make a move to put him on the 40 man, which they were able to, uh, I forget who it was that went on. Somebody went 60 day IL, I think. But anyway, um, next week, I think he's going to be a $300 player, which is 30% yeah. of your fab. So when I was talking to a few people that said, Hey, he's available. What do you think I should do? I said, well, I would go 15 to 25% league dependent, but you got to know your league, right? If it's a bunch of your friends, people who are casual baseball fans or people who really don't know anything outside of like their team. You know, if they're a Cubs fan or, or whatever, you know, Yankees fan, go to hell. Um, then they only know so much. But if is it's that you, general, Vlad? <laughs> if it's a general <laughs> baseball fan, 
um, or fantasy guy, then you got to expect that they're going to look and say, okay, this is a high K guy came up last year, had a blip at triple a, but a double a was absolutely dominating. And he's been dominating earlier this year, which we talked about on the last episode. So anyway, I think he's going to go big, but if his second start, which we're all going to see before he's available in most fab leagues, if his second start sucks or by chance he, you know, gets blown up or something happens, all bets are off on where people are going to go with it. But I mean, we see $150 players one week get picked up. They're dropped the next week. Uh, if they doesn't look like they're going to work out. Well, and, that's, and that that's was the one, it, that's the one thing though, for me that I gave me a little bit of faith with Miller is I don't think Oakland has any reason to send them down. So, but the only thing that's going to sell tickets in Oakland right now is like, Hey, this right. guy throws a hundred mile an hour. Come watch the, Crazy wacka golf ball guy or whatever. Yeah, it's true. Like uh, JP Sears, all credit to him has been carving, grinding hard and being an effective pitcher, but he's not on a team that's going to be able to earn him wins. So he's just trying to get a quality start for fantasy yeah. people out there. And a K and inning is, you know, kind of best case scenario for him. But anyway, um, that's, that's enough pitching talk. We can do a hot news episode in the future. Uh, but tonight, let's let's get to our dynasty guys. Ty, now, do you want to go from the top down to twenty five, or from twenty five up? Twenty five up, always, okay. always finish number one. All right. One thing that I'll say about my list, I don't know if you have anything that kind of stands out on yours. I am annoyed at the fact that I have four catchers on my top twenty five. <laughs> but like, I had to go with I had to go with the facts of the situation, which is this is where I had put players in dynasty ranks, and this is just like. They're going to be long-term guys, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, but we've talked about the catcher position coming up, right? Like we've talked about this for a year and a half talking yeah. about how it was going to shift. We, we dumped on catchers forever because it was really that bad, but guess what? Like there's, there's some good hitters coming now. They're going to be staples, right? And and we're not that far from an era where there was a bunch of, you know, steadfast fantasy value guys. Like people forgot about Brian McCann. Right, like a guy that provided huge value for a bunch of years, right? Yep. Remember Victor Martinez, anybody? Like, you know, these are guys that can still help your team, and we forgot about them. So, although it hurts because we we both are like anti catcher guys, we just don't waste our money on them because they play less games, because they get less at bats, because they get hurt more often, right? Like, there's these reasons. It doesn't mean they can't help you win. Uh, you just got to pick the right horse and hope they they're healthy in the right season. That's really what it comes down to. Um, so. The, the guys that I see in your list, Robbie, there's nothing wrong with any of them, frankly. So, you know, I think most people are going to agree, and, and we'll talk about them. But I, for me, I've got good position variability. I'm pretty happy with my list. I will say this. Like, the outfield is not as deep as it once was. That, I think, yeah, is the one thing in our list that I think a lot of people need to be aware of is that everyone takes outfielders for granted. We're going to have a little bit of a lull here, um, but there is another wave of outfielders coming. Um, and it's and a lot of be- platoon break-ins. Right. There's a lot of guys who you, yeah, you begin as, as a a fourth, fifth type outfielder. You're, you're working in potentially a platoon, but until your manager gives it to you. And there's a lot of guys who aren't on my list who I think are in like, you know, not in fear are potentially going to become platoon options more so than they are um, everyday players on good teams where they're going to be able to get those runs, RBIs, and that, again, that's that's also part of it. If you are a Pittsburgh Pirate and your team is not headed in the right direction, it's harder for me to put you on the list. If you're a Kansas City Royal, it's hard for me to put you on the list because I don't know what kind of run production and RBI potential you're going to have. Obviously, a star is a star, but a star on a loaded lineup 
doesn't have to shine as bright because everybody else is helping out so, along to, you know, hit those counting stats. Only thing I disagree with what you just said, Robbie, is about dumping on the Pirates. They are first in the National League right now. Fun okay. fact. Tr- yeah, sorry. I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't I know. Mean, if oh, let's just oh, let me change it to Oakland or or what? Yeah, Oakland definitely you can dump on. Yeah, but I'll just, it, let's Pittsburgh's say you're on, on Oakland then. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So let, let's start at uh, 25. Right? Before we do, let's see what we normally do. Anybody outside your 25 that you want to give honorable mention to? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, there's guys like Andrew Vaughn is 25. He's nearly 26. Uh, Bryson Stott is also 25, nearly 26. And he is doing great. He's at the top of the Phillies lineup shortstop. He's, you're not going to acquire him in Dynasty, um, but he would be a great one. Luis uh, Urias with Milwaukee third baseman he's only 25 like i know we've been talking about him since this podcast started because um he was a shortstop prospect with san diego and you know up and down like he was a bad pro early on so he's he and cj abrams share a lot of things they're also neck and neck 39 and 40 for me um guys like lars newbar i think newbar is still 25 or under uh oswaldo peraza i think we could see him in the future tovar is well outside he's He's post 50 for me and quite frankly, falling further because not just looking at his stat line, but really diving in um, Tovar is overmatched right now. And yeah. I don't know his, if his at bats that I've seen have been poor. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a, in my opinion, it it's not a, a case of he's getting his legs or, you know, like one of those kind of scouty type manager lines. This guy needs more pro at bats, throw him back to triple a, let yep. him get 400 at bats and come up next year and maybe let him, you know, like sink or swim or whatever, but don't like do, do what Depoto did, which was protect Kelnick. Don't leave him up for the whole year or put him on the bench or whatever. Like they're still playing him. But I think the problem is Colorado might not think they've got a better option. Um, when you add up the offensive potential and the defensive ability, then, you know, they fast do Eddie up here. Let's go. It's, fast it's hurting Eddie him. Time. It's hurting yeah. him a little bit. So, uh, but Ty, what about you for guys outside your top 25? I've got a couple like Jeremy Pena for me is outside of that. It was yeah, hard he's for just me because, outside mine. Yeah. I really like Jeremy Pena in a lot of ways. Like I think he's a, he's just a ball player. The only reason he's not inside my top 25 Robbie is because he's too streaky, right? Like he goes and stretches where he's the best player on the field. And that's saying a lot because he's on a really good team. And then he goes in these stretches where he looks like he should be in Tovar territory. So, you know, that's the only hold back on Pena that I think's there. Um, I've got MJ Melendez outside. I think there's a huge value buy on MJ Melendez right now. Uh, he got hurt last night, just sore back uh, after hitting a bomb. I, I just think there's so much untapped potential there, and I think he's going to come into it. So I think people need to to look at adding him. Uh, I think the only other guy that I'm going to make note of is Spencer Torkelson's a guy that I had my eyes open a little bit. I was at a game a couple weeks ago in Toronto. Uh, or last week, I guess, when and I was there for BP, dropped uh, Javier Baez up on the WestJet deck laser beam during BP. Um, it went right through my hands, diamond football style. But I uh, I picked that bad boy up anyway. But during that that BP session, Torkelson put on a show, and so for me, that opened my eyes a little bit to just how how good this guy can be with the at bats and and it wasn't just like you know he hit some balls hard like he hit balls mm-hmm. to the moon um and and i think his swing's good enough i think he's just making bad choices and i think that will get better uh 
So I still think 40 bombs is in play here uh, for him. I, I do think we have to taper the batting average, which is, I think, where people maybe overbought on him early on. So I just think I want to say I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I think a lot of people are getting really, really close there. So I think he's in post-hype territory uh, for me, which I, I love to see. Hello. I've got a sleeper comparable for you, for uh, Torkelson, um, Austin Riley. And mm-hmm. the, the storyline's the same, right? Top 100 prospect up. People were excited to see him up, and then he wasn't lighting the world on fire. All of a sudden, everybody was kind of like, all right, I'm done with this toy. Off to the next one. Slowly worked his way up. Now look at him. Perennial all-star. Um, you know, power for days. The average is coming back. So uh, I've got Torkelson inside my top 50 but very close to 50 and um, again, slow burn. He's 23, right? Like this, you know, he's, especially when we get to next year by default, uh, if we just knocked off all the 25 year olds, I think he's a top 20 guy by like age default here. But again, if we would have done the top 25 under 25, that's an easier conversation to have before the season starts. Um, Because you get a lot of guys who are, you know, going to be closing and changing, you know, obviously every day somebody can have a birthday. So um, (laughs) you got a lot more movement. But in the offseason, you can just kind of like look, see who's before March 30th, let's say, who's going to be 24 or sorry, 25 and older and they're out. So maybe for next offseason, we'll be able to um, rhyme it in here. But sorry. uh, So let's do you want to kick it off? 25. Who's your boy? My guy at 25 is Michael Harris, which I, oh, I'm not going to lie. I struggled to get, I struggled <laughs> to get him in the 25. I was wow. like, I just, I can't get him outside. I, I just, I don't think he's as good as he was last year. I just don't, I don't see it. Um, it's, it's just one of those gut feelings. Like obviously his production says he's going to be good. And the Braves obviously believe in him. They moved him pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. again, I flagged this before. These guys always scare me. The guys that get moved quickly into the pros, we've, as a former Jays fan and a current Jays fan, we've seen Alex Anthopoulos do this before. It scares me with Harris that he missed development steps. Um, and and I'm I'm not sure that he's doing it the right way, and that's that's the reason I can't rank him higher. I just I, I don't think he's polished enough. Okay. He is on my top 25 higher up, so I'll wait to say good things about him at that point in time. My Number 25 is Kyber Ruiz with that eight-year extension in Washington. It really cements him in. He's only 24 years old, and this is going to be a high-average catcher. Uh, comparables, as far as stat lines would go, would be the good Omar Narvaez years. So you're going to have to pick and choose which ones those are. But that's what that's where he is with me. And as time goes on, let's just pretend like the Nationals are going to get better, and he's going to be there. He's going to be anchoring that team. He's going to be a Molina-like presence um with those pitchers now ideally a fantasy relevant guy a consistent top 10 guy and for me as a catcher with you know like we talked about the estimated production and those kind of things ruiz is just like a comfortable catcher uh to have in your dynasty leagues a guy to acquire and then you just don't panic you know if things aren't going well you leave them in or you you bench them and don't start you know whatever you do in your league but you you don't get rid of this guy you acquire and keep uh kyber ruiz yeah, uh, I don't just I don't have a problem with it. I just I couldn't get him in my top twenty-five. I have a couple other guys that I know you're not going to have that I just had to have. Uh, so for me, twenty-four Nolan Gorman, I wanted him to be higher. Honestly, I, I wanted to put him higher. That's one I just I couldn't couldn't bring myself to get him higher because 
you know, we, we saw the dip last year in the second half um, and we're, we're seeing mediocre production at the moment. I, I do think I've seen signs of improvement. I've seen better choices on what pitches he's hitting. So I, I do think he's going to continue to take that leap. Um, it just, I don't think it's all going to happen at once. So the power is very, very real. Uh, he's getting a bats on both sides of the plate. So that's good uh, from, or both sides of the, the arm side uh, on the pitcher guy. Um, so it's, uh, you know, definitely, I, I think, wow. There's, yeah. Right. I think there's Come to dingers for your inept <laughs> analysis. Please. Just don't ask us to talk. Like we'll, we'll, we'll tell yeah. you about things, but well, don't ask us to talk. Yeah. You can point to things that we like in the podcast form. It really hasn't panned out for us. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I like the power upside. There's only a few guys on this list that have upside like Gorman. So for me, that yeah. that's an elite stat that only a handful of guys. And, and we've seen this over the last couple of years, Robbie, like the production of elite power hitters. It's just not what it used to be. So when you get a guy that can be, can potentially touch 40 bombs, like you have to at least give it a look. Right. So uh, that's where I'm at with Gorman. He's, he is a lot like teammate um, Tyler O'Neill in the fact that, you know, it's the, in there, it's a matter of, how and when can it get unleashed and are you going to have him on your roster when it happens and yeah. hopefully not like o'neill where it's not just like a one year wonder as it appears at the moment that that may have been um you'd like to see gorman be able to sustain it but st louis is just loaded with guys who can you know come in and fill voids and do all these things and then there's all those utility guys they have so hopefully gorman's able to you know either solidify himself in the everyday lineup with st louis or get traded somewhere where he will um, uh, my, which leads me to my number 24 guy. I think a potential trade candidate with Atlanta this year, Von Grissom, the 22 year old, he's up now. He's allegedly a shortstop, but in talking to some very fantasy, um, astute Braves fans, Von Grissom is a major liability in fantasy. And I've likened him to Devin Travis, where he's a guy who can only play one position, um, and if that's not available to him, he's going to struggle. Well, the position's second base, and it's not available to him in Atlanta. That's Albie's home. Uh, third base is Riley's home, so he's got to play short or bust. And I don't know if he's going to go out to left field. I don't think that's going to happen for him. So I've got concerns that as a left fielder, Von Grissom just lost in the weeds. As a high contact, high average, space stealing, you know, shortstop second baseman, he's relevant. But in the outfield, I don't know that we're going to be able to really enjoy um his his fantasy dynasty asset uh that he is as a 22 year old so even though I've, i'm on i'm trying to stay positive with him i'm just stating like what the risks are with him and the fact that atlanta went out of their way to not put him on the opening day roster almost as like a you know you got to take this serious kid thing uh missing the first couple games i believe after tonight uh he will have 10 games at shortstop uh and be eligible in most of your formats to move to the shortstop position but again if you really want to know what's going on, chime in with some Atlanta Braves, you know, information to see what they're saying about his defense, because he's got to be able to stick at the position long term. Otherwise, you know, you're talking about a left fielder and he's not going to be in the outfield in Atlanta. I don't think um, Kevin Pilar's filling in for uh, Michael Harris right now. I'm trying to think of exactly how they've been rolling it. But either way, like it's going to be hard for Gr Grissom's going to have to be a multi position type guy um this year next year and beyond unless he becomes a legit shortstop so either way i like him obviously he's my 24th guy 
Um, but there's some red flags with him, which is why he's 24, not top 10. Yeah. I mean, listen, they've got a little flexibility because they're so good that they can afford a little defensive liability. You know, I, I think that's an advantage. He's 26 for me, so we're almost on the same same page there. But, you know, at the end of the day, the kid can hit. And if you can hit, they will always find a spot for you. That's just the reality. Like, the one thing I think nobody's considering yet uh, is is protecting Acuna and moving him to a corner and putting Grissom right. in center, right? Like, like I think well, that okay. is a okay. long-term option because you, you really don't want your franchise guy out there in center uh, running around getting hurt, right? There's only a handful of guys that are able to do it. And, you know, we've seen what it did to Trout later in his career, and we've already had knee surgery for Acuna. So, you know, theory says you should get him off the center field spot now, but we'll see. So continue to move along here. We'll get into to 23. I've got Anthony Volpe, uh, and for me, this one, watching him play the Jays uh, over the weekend. Because you watched him all weekend. <laughs> uh, I, I'll I'll be honest, like I, I I don't think I would have bumped him up if I didn't watch his at bats this weekend. Very good at bats. He obviously has some speed. Uh, he plays a premium position. He hit a great pitch out to right field. Uh, you know, not that that's a huge feat in Yankee Stadium, but you know, great at bats, and and I think he's going to benefit from from being a Yankee. Like, Again, he's just one of those guys he's going to get a stat bump because he's a he's got a good plate uh, approach and and ultimately he's just a good hitter. So I really think we're maybe at this point I think a lot of people are overvaluing his power, but I think maybe undervaluing how he's going to fit into that team because he's going to hit in front of Aaron Judge for the next, you know, 10 years, right? So that's a huge tool in itself is is he's a, the logical leadoff guy for the next X number of years. So I, I like anybody that hits in front of Aaron judge for that length of time. And so it makes it easy to put him there. Um, Cause he's going to score a, a crazy amount of runs. It was interesting watching that series this weekend, the Sunday game in particular um, Rizzo's bomb. I was like, Oh yeah, look at like in the ninth inning, it looked like it was about to slip away and from, from Toronto. And I was just watching thinking like, you know, they got Cabrera, they've got Volpe, um, oh, who's the other dude? They got th- they got three Praza. Thank you. They got three guys who were all supposed to be in competition with each other for kind of shortstop playing time, really overall playing time. But um, there's a way to make it all work with those guys plus the big bats. And then you got like guys like Lemayhu, like that. That's a complete team right there that you need to be careful with. But also for fantasy purposes, um, that's a team that's going to produce runs over the year. Yeah. The OBP league specifically, it's going to be more Yankee friendly than your standard average five by five. But um, yeah, I still think Peraza is going to, I think Peraza is going to go for a bullpen arm. Just side note. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, is it true? Okay. Uh, Well, I, I just feel like there's, there's some players who can make an impact really early and consistently. And the Yankees might have three, but it's going to be mute, not superstar production. It's going to be MLB production that you're like later on. We're like, wow, they are really good. Um, uh, who my Nico Horner is a good example of that. Everybody was like, look at that early production. That's exciting. But then it wasn't like elevated. Like he, he mm-hmm. kind of d- has done the s- same thing since he's been in the league, but people just wanted more and they got kind of bored of it. I think that's what the Yankees might have with three guys right now, which actually, I, I think Vol- I think Volpe is above that, but I, I like that take on the other two guys. I think Volpe is above that. Uh, okay. I don't know. He's got more. Yeah. I think Volpe, who'd be a good example. Volpe for me is like a, a Bregman. Like that would be a good comparable. Like I think Bregman okay. um, had moments of, of a slightly better hit tool, but I think the power profile um, is good. And I think where Bregman is today 
from a contact standpoint is Volpe. So like, I think a very good comparable long-term. Okay. Well, someone who's better than all of those players put together is my number 23. Am I good to go with that one? Or do you want to do yours? You are. Okay. Zach Neto, 22 year old superstar with the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. And you know what he's batted the last week, Ty? I know I don't want to hear it. 273, all right? Yes, he started weak, but he's since come on. He's got six hits uh, for his 22 at-bats now. and Or is it 22? First 30 at-bats. Um, so, yeah, he started 0-8. Since then, he's been good. Uh, 771 OPS. We're waiting for the rest of the fun, exciting stuff, right? The stolen bases, the home runs, all those RBIs, the walks that he's going to take. All those things are coming. Um, but what I want to see right now is him hitting back in the top of the lineup. They they put him up the first two games. He went 0 for 8, and then they moved him back, and then he settled in. I think he might start to creep back up, but you can't creep up like 6, 5, 4, 3. You got to go from like 6 to 1. There's <laughs> You're not moving like Trout Otani. Like you're not moving the heart of it. So um, either way, I just, I'm very happy that he's up. I was high on him already. The fact that I had a, a feeling that it was going to be, you know, uh, we'd see him this year and that, that he's up in April. I'm very excited for it. So a lot of time left for Zach Neto to develop, not just this year, but career wise. And he's on a team that's, you know, loaded with some of the best guys who you could have in your dressing room at batting practice around you to learn from, you know, idolize, whatever you want to say. Neto's in a great spot. And I certainly hope he's able to uh, do something similar to what he was doing in the minors uh, in MLB for years to come. I think it's really interesting that he leapfrogged uh, Soto. Like, I, I think given what Soto did last year, yeah. given that he got his Live on Soto started, for anybody who wasn't yeah. sure. I just, like, I, I don't have a problem with him moving Neto because he's clearly shown that, like, he's got enough to be there. They believe he can be there. Uh, yeah. The team needs to get there to, to keep Otani, and if that means wrecking Neto to do it, then I think they're <laughs> willing to do that, right? Like, I mean, honestly, it, it sounds awful, but I think it's the truth. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, I just think it's it tells you a lot about the way that franchise is thinking right now. They're in how do we keep Otani mode. So we might see them make some interesting decisions here over the season on the trade deadline to get into a position to keep Otani. So, I mean, that's that's your Adele's and that's your um, Kai Bush's and those sort of guys that could be gone from that organization to get them where they need to be. And, and they do have some interesting assets. Like, they could move some guys to to get to that spot. Absolutely. Ben Joyce is another one who was drafted last year, I think third round. He was the flamethrower uh, out of Texas, I think. And um, if uh, Tennessee. not, Tennessee, uh, I knew it started with an S. Um, if not from the starting standpoint, you know, if they want to keep him as a starter, the value is obviously high. But if they want him to just give them production like Neto, they can just bring him up in, in the bullpen. And then yeah. hopefully, you know, strike some dudes out. Uh, we don't want to see the Nate Pearson train, although I think Nate Pearson just got called up. But we don't want to get into that. But anyway, Ty, who's your 23? My 23 was Volpe. So oh, it was Volpe. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're, we're moving on to 22. Uh, I'm early on this one for this list, Robbie. Uh, but I got James Wood here. Uh, I just think this is maybe one of the the biggest power bats in the entire minor leagues. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of people are I know he's coming. But I don't think he's hit that hype reel yet. And I think he's going to take that that jump this season. So I think he's off to a good start. He had a great season last year. He's 6'6". He's a big human being. Uh, right. Prep bat out of high school. Uh, early, early, like, polish, right? And we and I've talked about this over the last couple of years, Robbie. Like, these are what we're – this is the new normal. Like, these guys coming out of high-end prep programs and being ready to go, right? And he was an IMG guy. 
um, and, and played in big games against big arms, right? So, like, we're just going to start to see this happen more often, and it's not just going to be the Caribbean guys that get pro at-bats early on. Uh, so I think I think we're ready to, to see that evolution for the American high school kid to take that jump, and Wood's going to be one of the first guys to do that for me. So like him a lot, 6'6", six, six, left-handed bat, lots of power. Uh, you like to see it. Yeah, part of the Soto trade last year. Now he's in Washington. And I mean, really a consensus top 50 prospect everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, really the, not the goal, the only concern, I guess, would be when will we see him arrive? Are they going to rush him? Those kind of things. And I don't think Washington has any need to do that, so it shouldn't happen. Um, somebody that I I have next up, Ty, got, uh, had a little tea sandwich last year with the Dodgers. Batted over 400, got sent back down. That's right, T-Sandwich will not die. Um, that is James Outman, everybody. I know I know everybody's going to say, oh, what are you talking about? Well, if you've listened to us for a year, you've, I've been talking about him because I've liked him. I've liked the fact that he's the primo Dodger type guy, right? The Max Muncy, the you know name your example person here. Um, fought for playing time in spring training to earn a, a role in this team. Looked like it was going to be fourth outfielder and or platoon situation. Hot out the gate. And right now, he has earned 74 at-bats. So that's the big thing for me is that he's getting the at-bats. Obviously, the production is like beautiful, wonderful gravy because there's a bunch of other guys who I was hoping would do things who are batting 200 and under. He's hitting 311 with an 1100 OPS seven home runs, a couple stolen bases, solid uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio here. Now, the overall K rate of 25%, that's manageable right now. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you could do anything, let's let's drop 20 points on the average and 5% on the K rate and put a few more balls in play. Um, or, you know, however it works out best for him, right? A couple extra stolen bases. But I'm happy with all of this James Elman, and I just think there's more to come with him. Like, I think this is not obviously a 300 hitter, but this is somebody who I feel can be a very valuable player on a Dodgers team that is, air quotes, rebuilding, resetting, re-something. Um, but I'm really <laughs> a big fan of James Elman. I was, you know, I- I've been, and I'm now excited for James Elman. Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. I mean, kudos to you. You've been on him for long before anybody even knew who he was. So um, this is the most frustrating thing of playing fantasy baseball with Rob. For those of you that are listening that don't, uh, is that he finds these guys that are purely labeled garbage, um, and then they just become productive players years later. And you're just like some of the time, you know. I'm not like I'm I'm not batting 300 even on these picks. No, and but no when one you is get though. one, you know what? Yeah, when you get one. It's, you know, it's fantasy gold. The problem with Outman was that after he got his little call up last year, he started to get on radars and I was waiting in a bunch of my dynasty drafts where he wasn't previously drafted to pick him up midway through, you know, 10 round draft, pick him up around round five. Well, all of a sudden, like spring training kicks in for a couple of the leagues that drafted late. Now he's like a valuable guy and he's going in the third and fourth round. And I got jumped on him in two straight leagues. And one of them was a guy who plays in the other league where I drafted him in August. And he's like, I didn't want you to have him in every league. <laughs> <laughs> Which and is this was before he, Yeah, this was before he had done what he has since done. Um, but then, you, you know, you go back to talk to him, like, you know, say last week. And you're like, so that James Outman pick that you threw away in the draft, I bet you're wishing you picked. And then I, you know, whatever scrub it was that I drafted, right? The J2 yeah. guy from, from nowhere. But anyway. Um, Elman's a good pick that I'm happy with. I think it's going to age just fine. So Ty, who do you have at 21? Uh, 21 for me is 
funny enough, uh, LA Dodger prospect, Andy Pajes. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I, I think uh, this is a guy that I, I very similar uh, to James Wood, just further ahead is a guy that hasn't got enough hype. He was almost a uh, Los Angeles angel uh, in that whole mix up with Gratterall. Oh, that, and yeah. The everybody. almost trade. Yeah. He was in that trade, which would have been so interesting for that outfield in, in Los Angeles. They would have had just stupid depth. Mickey Moniak would not be uh, a Los Angeles angel future star. Uh, you know, those are things he that still isn't. <laughs> I said future star. <laughs> future star um but you know this is a guy that just has all the right pieces he's 22 like i just don't see with that team how we don't see him this year i think they're good enough uh to be competitive i I think you need to make these calls on him and michael bush to really fill out that roster uh so i I really like that i think he's going to be a guy by the end of this year there's gonna be a lot of people wishing they would have known who he was before right now so I just I, I like him a lot. I've liked him for a while. That's not new to anybody that listens. All right. My number 21, also with the Dodgers, three straight Dodgers, uh, is 22-year-old Diego Cartilla, the next franchise catcher. And last year, uh, he did exactly what everybody wanted him to do, which was just be an OBP machine. However, excuse me, he was also playing for my Great Lakes Loons uh, in high A. And um, did good things. I think what did he finished with 22 dingers last year, 72 RBIs and 74 runs on a playoff team. The loons now he's playing double A and it's obviously it's early in the season. We're going to ignore the results. He's still playing this year, three and a half years younger than his competition at double A. And I think he'll just play this whole year at double A and possibly finish triple A. But again, you don't need to rush him. So um, Cartilla is a slow burn. He's the kind of guy who, is going to be churning on to what his fourth year 2019s when he came over um, from as a J2 guy and some owners are going to be willing to move him for something else. Or you might have a guy who's like, Hey, I've had him since day one, right? I drafted this guy. I'm not moving him, and you're going to need to give up, you know, something significant for him. I think, I think he's going to be worth it and it could be a slow burn. But again, we're talking about a 22 year old guy um, who is everything you want in an offensive guy. OBP league. He is your guy that you want. I would take him over Ruiz, OBP, um, OPS. I, I'm giving Cartilla, you know, a bit of a nod here. He's my third ranked dynasty catcher. And um, yeah, great. great He's player. just not going to be a Dodger. That's the only problem, right? It's him or Will Smith. And the Dodgers seem to have a preference on trading a prospect as opposed to trading yeah. an MLB active player. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where, I mean, it, it his upside for me matters where he goes. Right. Like if he ends up in Detroit, you know, as an example, like there's a spot where he's going to lose some fancy value on the on the home run side. So, you know, just a matter of, of where he goes. Uh, that's the only only caveat yep, there. Fair. Moving forward on 20 is a guy that I just I love and and shot up every single board last year, deservingly. So not that he was too far down on anybody's board, but he definitely elevated it last year with a massive season. That's Ellie Dela Cruz, uh, one of the many. Cincinnati infield studs that they have coming. This is a guy that, like, if you just you watch the numbers, Robbie, it's hard not to like. He hasn't really had a, a huge start here. He's been on um, the the DL for most of the season. Uh, he started, I forget what exactly he dealt with, but uh, he he definitely um, is is up the list. Like, so heading into twenty two, he was seventy seventh on Baseball America. Heading into twenty three, he's eighth, uh, and and that's on the back of what was an absolute monster twenty twenty two season where he just did some serious damage, 28 home runs, 
uh, OPS of 945. And, oh, by the way, he stole 47 bases. So uh, this is a guy that that is your classic five tool. Uh, he's an incredible player. And, and I think, you know, the only thing for me is get him off shortstop. I don't want to see him play shortstop as a guy that can run, as a guy that can hit. Give me a different position. Uh, I think he's destined to be an outfielder. Uh, this could be the Nick Senzel that stays on the field, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, that's you know, like, yeah. Well, I mean, they can't they can't solve that outfield there. So why not have a bunch of shortstops that play outfield, right? That's their new philosophy um, in Cincinnati, right? So they've they've pretty much thrown everything else at it. But this is a guy that it should be impossible to trade for. He shouldn't be available to anyone in any trade right. for massive any deal. Yeah, major yeah. prospect for major prospect type trade only at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a guy that I just really really like. My next guy up, and I'm I gotta be honest with everybody. I'm sick of talking about him. Is a, another catcher, my third catcher at number twenty for me, uh, William Contreras. He's an all star. He's a World Series champion. He's a surprise MLBer depending on who you talk to because they just didn't think he was going to cut the mustard with Atlanta. But he had a heck of a 2022 with 20 dingers in 300. What was it? 334 at bats last year. He had 20 dingers, um, 45 RBIs, 51 runs. And I think we can kind of expect the 20 dingers to stick around. We can expect the 350 plus OBP to stick around. Solid average is something, you know, let's call 260 up. Like last year was 278. So let's just say in the 260 range, which is great for a catcher, by the way. Well, really great for an MLBer at the moment, but great for a catcher. And um, I, I like him. I like what he can do for your team. He's one of those other, like um, Ruiz, anchors. You get him now, you're not going to have to worry about him for several years. He's in Milwaukee, which is a good offensive environment. Not that Atlanta wasn't, of course, but um, hitting third, hit his first home run of the season him. tonight. Fun fact. All right. Well, boom. I'm not moving him up any higher, but I, I do <laughs> like him just as much. One of the biggest issues I've had is when he was available, when he was like a cusp guy up and down with Atlanta for a couple of years, I did not want to invest because he's a catcher. And now at this point in time, he's going to have to be part of a significant trade. So this is the kind of guy I'm going to look to acquire in the summer. Uh, he did not have a full year last year. We'd like to see him have a full year. And if he's at 400 at bats, you know, in and around um, your trade deadlines, uh, things of that nature where your team needs that kind of a future anchor, he would be somebody I'd look to acquire. Well, I mean, he's sandwiched between Willie Adamas and Brian Anderson and now Milwaukee 234, just murder oh. row. <laughs> so. uh, well, Garrett yeah, I Mitchell, mean, I think, is is toast for a long time. Like Milwaukee, for all their prospect um, depth, it got their outfield has been trash. Like from like just spring training on, they've lost veterans, rookies, like the prospects in the triple A are getting hurt. Like it's yeah. tough right now to be a brewer prospect. Um, unless you're Keston here, then you're raking, but you're not coming back up. So <laughs> yeah, you're gone. You you're are off the 40 minute. You're out. You're, yeah, dead you're out. in the front office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely not fun for them, but they're still 15 and seven with that mediocre lineup kudos to that rotation he's doing a, a good job good bullpen um still somehow alex claudio is still in that bullpen that made me made me laugh a little bit tonight i don't even know how that guy has maintained he's, i mean lefties he, survived right well we talked about colin ray last week he's now in that rotation like there's some well, he was he was he got torched by the tigers tonight he's he was i think he's still gonna be there Maybe. anyway all right who's your 19 oh we got the uh, same got, 19 there we yeah. go 
Uh, Jared Jared Klenick is in a 19. This is a guy we talked, we laughed about it before the show uh, tonight, just saying, you know, like how far has that guy come from what everyone thought was the dumpster fire last year? And, you know, we talked about it last year, Robbie saying we expected the second half to, to improve and him to have a breakout. And, and there was blips of it in the second half when he was, when he was uh, back up super late and, and he showed signs of it in the minors, but this is obviously the Klenick that everyone expected um, and as long as he can maintain that, I don't think there's any reason to to sell high here, which I think is probably what a lot of people have done. Uh, I would imagine if you went through the ranks of Yahoo and CBS yeah, he's and been ESPN, a lot. yeah, he's probably switched hands a, a crazy amount. I think that's going to be one that a lot of people regret. Uh, and, and I think the one thing that's not really noticeable right now is just the hit tool is good, right? Like he's going to get on base. He's going to steal some bases. He's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs, and that's hard to find. And, and I think as a left-handed bat, like you have a significant advantage when you can do those things. So for me, easy to be in the top 20. If the, the group ahead wasn't as good as they are, like I would easily put Kalenic up higher. There's just there's still in the back of your head just a little bit of like, eh, maybe he falls back down. But uh, that's the only reason he's not higher for me is just that little bit of it could happen. Right. So just for reference, Colin Ray tonight, five innings pitch, Ty, because I had to look. Four earned runs. Obviously, that's not ideal. Four walks, only 1K. Gave up one home run. Who came in after him? Mr. Bryce Wilson did. That's right, everybody. Remember when I talked about him a little bit? I just talked about him a little bit. Uh, Anyway, two innings pitch, four Ks. He's got a one decimal one seven ERA on the year. I think he also has one win, two saves, which he got all three Mm -hmm. of those last week. Fun fun stuff. I'm off topic. I'll stop. I I, Obviously, I have Kelnick, too. I'm happy. I'm excited for Kelnick. Um, <clears throat> let's just see more good things. And the one thing I will say is last year when there was a lot of bad things going on, I was very hesitant to try to acquire him. So I did not, you know, full disclosure here. I didn't go out and do it. But what I listened to my boy DePoto talk about him, he was not at all giving up on him, which I thought was a very positive sign. However, I wasn't sure I wanted to be part of the uh, ride or die, you know, Kelnick train. I got my other guys I ride or die with. So Kelnick I've left, but I did pick him up in the surf league. I tried to pick him up um, in what was the other 12, no 10 team dynasty league. And uh, the problem was that the guy didn't get back to me for two weeks. And by the time he did, (laughs) Kelnick is doing these Kelnick things. So I feel like I could have got him. um, But anyways, sometimes when people don't get back to you, it's like a good thing. You know, a player gets hurt or something. This is the other side of that. They go ahead and do the upside 100% that you thought. So anyway, Ty, who do you have at your 18 since we were sharing 19? I've got Luis Robert, who I think should be higher. Yeah, um, yeah I, I want him to be higher. Um, but I'm going to pull him back because there's a couple guys ahead of him on this list that I just think are better. Right? It's okay. not to say Robert's not good. I just think the guys ahead are safer picks. And, and you know, it's we haven't talked about this as much as we did in years past, but like he doesn't have that high floor. Like, and that's the big thing that usually scares me away from big investments on him. I do have him in the surf league. I did get chastised for having him for some weird reason, which I'm fine with. Um, it's, it's one of the first years that I've went a little speed heavy in any league ever. So, you know, that was kind of interesting for me. Uh, it hasn't panned out particularly well, which is why I never do it. Um, but you know, I, I want him to be higher. I think he can be better than 18. Uh, if I'm just betting on my guys, he's just outside of that list. That's it's as simple as that for me. Okay. 
Yeah, I've got Adley Rushman, catcher Baltimore, and I know another catcher. Like, what's my deal? This is the last one, though, guys. Um, Rushman is going to be a catcher, which was something that we had talked a lot about, thinking he was going to move off the position. Doesn't look like that's a possibility at this moment. He's 25 years old, um, staple with the Orioles for years to come. And, um, you know, anybody who drafted him, if they didn't trade him, they won't now. So I think he's going to be very hard to acquire. But uh, if you're looking for like the pinnacle of the 25 and under catchers, this is the guy. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, it's it's completely reasonable. I've got him a little higher and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But uh, I, I do have a catcher next year at 17. Robbie, I got Alejandro Kirk. Uh, for me, this one's easy. Um, I think there's a hit tool here. But the thing that I like the most about Kirk that the other catchers don't necessarily have is is the walk potential. And the reason for it is, like, I just think you're going to a huge OBP bump if you're in any OBP league, which I'm in a lot. Um, and the reason for that is they're not scared about him stealing bases. They are scared about him hitting doubles and cashing guys in. So when there's a guy on second base, you're going to see Alejandro Kirk on first base a lot. And he got walked a couple times tonight. I think that's going to be a continuing trend. And I think it's it's going to make him an elite OBP guy because his contact's so good. Uh, and, and it, I mean... Short legs probably gonna be harder to get hurt because you're not gonna be able to go as fast. Muscles aren't aren't gonna tear, <laughs> to get right? Hurt. Like I mean, <laughs> so I he's mean, just a I little mean, guy. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> he's 100 Mario in like NES. Like yeah, just, like, that's a good that comparison. Quick, like yeah, like it just there's no other way to describe it. But you know there's there's a great hitter here, great plate discipline, um, and and he takes the walks and he hits the all fields. So for me, that's gonna play for a long time. And he's become a, a pretty good defensive catcher, Robbie, which was the big knock on him when he arrived. So, you know, I think I think there's a lot here. Uh, and, and, you know, I think just a really safe opposite of what we just talked about with Robert, very high floor, maybe not as high a ceiling. Okay, well, you're my 17 you have in the top 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave him. I'll just go to Zach Veen, who you've got outside your top 25. Um, for me, Zach Veen is going to be the polarizing guy, because we already know one of the big dogs in fantasy baseball analysis has like crowned him and then taken the crown off and may or may not be looking for the crown again. Um, whereas I took the opposite approach and I said, there's a J2 guy that they picked up in Colorado. This is picked up at the same time. I feel like, you know, at the end of 10 years or whatever, they're both going to have similar production. Well, the problem is that Zach Veen has gotten up to triple A so damn quick. Um, that my boy has not yet got to come stateside. So we're behind early here. Uh, but Zach Veen, because he steals bases at an elite clip, is able to overcome a slow start to a season of his. The, the problem that I'm seeing with him right now is that he's in an organization that's stupid. It's run <laughs> by people who make bad choices. Um, and... Ezekiel Tovar, who we talked about off the hop, is amongst them. They brought him up. They was like exciting and fun and whatever. And this year, they didn't get another guy to support him at, at shortstop. Like Jose Iglesias resigning should have been automatic. Um, not necessarily that he's your starter, but that he's on your bench. I, I know he's a pure shortstop, but you can't tell me he couldn't go over and play second if you needed him to. You can't tell me that he wouldn't be uh, an effective MLBer for you. Anyway, they didn't like it like him enough to give him a you know resign him. So Veen, my fear with Veen is that we don't know what's going to happen. I kind of feel like Blackman um, and Veen could have like that Madonna, Britney Spears kiss, you know, where like they 
you remember that MTV movie award? It was a long time ago, people. Um, <laughs> it, maybe they don't kiss. Uh, sorry, that's not. I'm not trying to go the, Bud Light for number... anybody and ruin things, but um, just maybe they do a handshake, right? Like well, they the number of times gives them I the watched field. MTV awards is zero. Like okay. it's, well, it's exactly it was a zero. highlight. It, back before <laughs> gifts, it was a gift, and it, it would have been a gift. But anyway, my point being that maybe it'll be like a Blackman and Veen trade-off, right? Blackman's out, Veen comes in, like next generation kind of thing here. Um, outside of that, I don't really know what's going to happen because Colorado re-signed their last old guy, which was, you know, Bard, right? So maybe they're going to re-sign Blackman for three years. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, You know, I'm just, I'm being funny, but at the same time, they make weird choices, right? They haven't traded guys who you should typically trade. Uh, John Gray two years ago, they didn't trade Bard last year. They re-signed him. Um, but then they went and got rid of Connor Joe because they needed that spot for somebody. I don't know who, but anyway, Veen, when he comes up, I think is going to be uh, an underwhelming, not Kelnick level up and down type guy, but just underwhelming because people are going to be like hit home runs, steal bases, high average, like all these things. And I think his staple for fantasy owners moving forward will, or sorry, early will be stolen bases. When he goes, he's going to get it. And from there, He'll be able to have a better OBP, you know, build the confidence, all those things so that he'll become a complete player rather than just walking in and everyone saying this is a superstar. I think he'll be able to grow into it. Fortunately, he's you know only playing this year at 21. So I'm I'm a big fan of Veen on a slow burn. But I think the problem is that everyone's going to think like this has got to be like, you know, um, a rocket ship taking off. Now's a great time to buy him. Like I, I'm with you. Like I, I was close to putting him. I don't think he would have made my top 25, but he was close to being an honorable mention. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you. I think I mentioned this when we talked about him in the off season, like swing change is happening, right? Which was the knock on him. Like he's not going to hit at the pro level, this and that, whatever. And he hasn't, right? They've been, they've been relatively right on that, but they're adjusting. And I think he's going to come through it. We've seen blips where he's, he's lit it up and the speed will play and, and he'll have more hits in that outfield, right? So, you know, I think there's just enough, for him to to come around i'm not willing to give up on him either um a guy that i think has uh significantly more upside as bobby witt jr who i have here at 16 uh this is a guy again premium position he's going to play defense he's going to steal bases and i the power is going to be there on a limited level as much as it can be in kansas city i think there's still a real star here people are like kind of cold on him right now robbie i think is fair to say like they, they've definitely like, oh, maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. Well, guess what, guys? He's 22. He came up, you know, 20 and a half or whatever the heck he was. Like, he was not old enough or ready, frankly. They, they brought him up because Kansas City was like, listen, we're going to fire everybody. We're going to have nothing really good here. And we need Bobby Wood Jr. to take everyone's attention away from all this nonsense. Um, and, and I think he's going to come through that here. I, I really think he's going to be one of the next guys to get that big extension. I think Kansas City's going to try to get him get paid here soon. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be him or Vlad are the next two big ones for me. Um, and and I think Kansas City needs to make this move because they've got some guys coming and they need to set the tone for what they're going to be moving forward. Um, and that's why I like it. But I, I do think he's a ball player. I think he's going to move up this list over the next year and a half and probably find himself in that top ten by the time we're all said and done here. But uh, I I really like where he's going to be. I'm not in love with where he's at. I think it's the best way to say why I got him back here. Okay. Yeah. I've got him at eight. So I'm, I'm a fan. I like it, but again, it's a guy on a crappy team. So yeah. 
you're you're muting some some counting stats right now that he should be able to catch up to thinking long-term dynasty with this one here, I, I agree so. Robbie the only thing I'll say though is his plate approach is part of why he's a little bit behind like he's he is getting hurt because of what's happening around him but he's still just having mediocre plate appearances and and that's he's gonna come through it he's good enough it'll happen but you know it just is a slower development than I think anybody would like to see from a fancy value perspective Okay. Well, somebody who everybody was excited for last year when he came up, my number 15, Corbin Carroll, uh, outfielder with Arizona. He's up. He's going to be a guy and, uh, you know, hit play, plug and play. That's, that's the deal with Corbin Carroll. I was just, he's on your fantasy team. Um, he could be able to be acquired if Arizona is super crap, uh, because the stat line's not going to look bright and shiny, but that's going to acquire, or sorry, that's going to require you to give up a Zach Veen type package in return because he's not going to immediately lose that value, especially if whoever has him um, understands the ebb and flow of an MLB team and what can happen this year with Corbin Carroll on the downside could immediately come back if they, you know, whatever, turn Walker, Christian Walker into some type of, you know, effective ball and play guy, not just a three true outcome player. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, uh, the only thing here is I can't shake Christian Yelich. Like, just seems like a very similar, comparable, different body shapes, obviously, but very similar games. Like, power. So bad Yelich is what you're referring to, not MVP. No, no, I think the up and the down. I think is what we're gonna oh, see. Okay. Like, like yeah, I think there's well, there's polarization right. with him, right? Like, I think he could be MVP. Mm, okay. Like, he he has that in there, but I also think he can be bad Yelich too. Okay. But yeah, that's fair. Um, so who do you have at are you 15 now? I so believe so, yeah. Are? Yep. Uh I've got Jazz uh there at 15. Uh, the hit tool is the only thing holding them back. Speed's there, power's there, the swag's absolutely there. Uh yeah. and multi-position and eligibility now too. Outfield short now. or sorry, outfield second base. Yeah, for this year. enjoy yeah. it for the year. I'm just sorry, yeah. one time thing. But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I like everything here except for the fact that the hit tool is not there, and that usually scares me away, Robbie. Like, that's usually one of my calling cards is batting average. So, you know, I think this is an area where I, you know, I'm going to shy away from Jazz on that front. Um, you know, he's still good. He's a great player, uh, very similar to to Robert. Like for me, those two could be switched in these in this list really quickly um it's they're kind of the same same guy in a lot of ways uh but robert i think just has a little bit more pop um whereas where jazz gets a little more lift and you know he's gonna have some more pop-ups with church's hit tool right so that's the real big difference between the two okay i i'm a jazz lover uh i i very strongly feel like he's going to probably be somebody who has a better career um end than he's ever given respect for during it you know you'll look at the end and be like oh he was like a consistent whatever 70 70 guy with 20 home runs and he had that year where he hit you know 34 and had 90 90 or whatever it is and i feel like that's what he is i'd love him to be superstar but he is going to need a really good team around him and miami is not in that vein right now they've got a pretty good looking pitching staff if everybody's healthy but we can't count on that. So my number 15, sorry, my number 14 uh, is a guy you got in your top 10, but I will mention him here uh, just so I'm not going too far out with uh, Jordan Walker with St. Louis having a really good start to his rookie year. He is 73 at bats in and batting 274, 718 OPS, couple dingers, couple stolen bases. What I'm not seeing, Ty, is something I'm really not surprised with. That's walks. 
He's not mm-hmm. Jordan walking to first base. Uh, he's Jordan walking back to the dugout, but it's not like he's Kane at a concerning degree, 20 K's and 73 at bats. So it's, it's fine. It's he's rolling along and he's what? 20 years old. So good for you, Jordan Walker, like the end. The only thing I'll say is like, there's an outside shot. He's, he's going to find himself back in triple A. And I think, you know, given the first couple of weeks of the year, I think a lot of people, thought that would be nearly impossible. Like there's nothing wrong with what he's done. He's hitting 274. Uh, he's been in 20 games, eight runs, 11 RBIs, like nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. But you know, this is the kind of guy that is in that category of like needs to have a bats no matter what, right? You can't let this guy get stale on the bench. And St. Louis is a very, very deep team, right? And you know, you need to make sure that Jordan Walker is getting good competitive at bats and he's ready to take that next step because they need him in August and September. Like they don't need him right now. Right. You've got Burleson and Carlson and O'Neill and new like competing for all those at bats in the outfield. Walker just needs to go hit two in St in, in triple a and just do his thing in Springfield. And I think that's what we're, we might see within the next week or two. Um, but you know, they, they might also be sitting there going, eh, somebody's going to get hurt eventually. Uh, maybe that's right. the mindset, but. Um, yeah, keep everybody up because somebody's going to go down. Yeah, so I just don't know how long you can let Walker sit on the bench, which he's done a little bit more of than I thought he would have to, to date here. Um, so keeping the list moving here, I've got Andrew Vaughn at, at 14. I think this is one of the more underrated bats uh, in the American League for sure, probably in all of baseball. He's hitting in, in a small ballpark. You know, he's not going to be the guy with the Torkelson, you know, moonshot bombs that we talked about or Vladdy laser beams all over the yard. But I, I like the contact tool. I think it's going to be a lot better than people are expecting this year. Like, I think we could see a 290 average here with Juan. Um, and I think if he hits 290, you're going to see 25 home runs. Uh, I just think that's the reality in that lineup. And that lineup should get better into the summer months. You know, it is a home run happy team. They're they're missing their spark plug into Anderson right now. So I think a lot of people are really, really low on this roster. Now their pitching's terrible, don't get me wrong. But that also means they're gonna get to face a lot of low leverage relievers, which is a great way to get some free fantasy value. So, you know, I think that's something of interest uh, for for guys like Vaughn, guys for Eloy that is are off to a slow start, Robert, who's having had a rough run here. So I, I mean I like buying White Sox right now. If you can buy them, buy, buy, buy. Okay. Number 13 for me is Miguel Vargas, who is um, absolutely confusing fantasy players out there. Because if you're in an OBP league, which I've, I've been talking a lot about the OBP factors tonight, but it is early in the season as well. So you can't just be excited about average because it jumps a lot. He's got 14 walks in his 61 at-bats, and it's amazing, uh, to 16 strikeouts. But he doesn't have a good OPS, doesn't have a great average, and uh, we're still waiting on that that first dinger of the year or the first stolen base. But Vargas, I think, is a very good slow play at 23 years old. Again, with the Dodgers, he'll get to settle in. He's going to get to be a long-term pro. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that gets moved out. What his final position will be, first base, second base, uh, we will see. Time will tell. It could change uh, over the years like Max Muncy's has. But I think he's a player. And the fact that uh, we talked about other people, I think Corbin Carroll. No, who was it you said wasn't having good at-bats? You mentioned somebody. Uh, uh, Wit. Wit, thank you. Um, Vargas has really interesting at bats. Like you're, it's kind of like you're watching P 
peak Dustin Pedroia if you go and watch a few of the at-bats where Pedroia would just like make a pitcher throw strikes like and and it, and Pedroia had that small strike zone um Vargas is just being taught to do something and I think he's impressing the Dodger brass by doing it the coaching staff because he's he's accomplished what they've asked which is don't take stupid hacks yeah. um you know be in control and and earn walks and I'm sure they're like I don't care about your average like we're not concerned with that what we want to know is that you can take this direction and and have success with it and then you know at some point I'm pro- sure they're going to be like all right have at it and when that happens there'll be that five home run week and everyone's going to be like oh man Vargas in the meantime, you might be able to go scoop him up right now because for his MLB career, he's 108 at bats in. Depending on your league settings, um, one of our leagues, Ty, once a player exceeds the 50 innings or the 130 MLB at bats, they have to move out of your minors. So even if they are up and then have been sent back down, if they're at 131, they got to they got to stay up on your you know active roster. Um, I kind of like that rule because it forces a bit of turnover on some of the borderline guys who aren't doing well. Vargas, I mean, he's not going to be a borderline guy, but he will be someone who might not appear as though he's doing what you want from a fantasy perspective. But I kind of feel like he is your stick shift player and he's got more gears that he's going to be able to give you. And the Dodgers are the one at the control. So when they say, okay, go ahead, boom, they're going to shift him into second, third gear. And then we're going to start to see a little bit more production or more power or, you know, loosen up that swing a bit more for him. And we're going to see a really good player. I think what they're trying to do is avoid what's happened to Will Benson, which Mm -hmm. is you get to the, you get to the show and you're just so excited. You're hacking at everything with Vargas. They're like, hold on, just, just hold on. And I just think Vargas is interesting results. Vargas is a better hitter, though. Way more play discipline, right? He's yeah, yeah career-wise. But like Benson was able to get it together last year after kind of struggling like he was going to be a K machine. And then he got up to the show and all of a sudden he's a K machine again. So whereas like I'm not saying they're, they're not in the same organization, but it's just what like, you know, if you're comparing um Benson, who has a really ugly looking MLB stat line, Vargas doesn't have as ugly because you're looking at the walks, but like Vargas should be able to. Um, improve every category except for walks as he continues to emerge. I think they're really just trying to make sure he doesn't become like a 35% strikeout guy consistent. You know, they want, and that's obviously on, on here. He's got what 61 at bats right now and he's got 16 K. So 25% area. You're going to be okay with that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Lots of like there Uh, moving ahead. Riley green for me is here. Like, I, I think this is a guy um that has all the right assets too and is way undervalued right now Robbie like he's been dropped in leagues that I'm in you know just way too much overreaction for a 22 year old with the upside that he has speed power the one thing I don't like is that Detroit continues to run him out in center field like he he's a fine outfielder Mm -hmm. but get him out of center field like he's not a center fielder and and he's certainly putting more strain on his body than than he should for arguably your best player and you know that's one of those you know debatable topics but you know i just i really like him to be the centerpiece for a really long time in detroit and the speed kills what we haven't seen yet is him fall in love with that triples alley in detroit like i know they changed some of the dimensions a little bit but it's still kind of there and and i think he's the kind of guy that is is going to outrun some doubles the power is going to come and i think that's the part that people are sleeping on is they just they don't realize how much power this guy has. So that's why I like him here. I think the rest of it's just going to come around. Very similar to Bobby Wood Jr. Like a very similar, comparable, just left-handed. All right. 
my number 12 is hey you're number 12 wander franco 22 <clears throat> year old who uh we tried so hard uh pushing the brakes on franco for all the dynasty guys out there who were just going nuts who were thinking you know this is your generational guy yada yada um, we were seeing massive trades for him and lots of questions a couple years ago about you know how to get him and and we were just just be be careful here so that was a couple years ago he's still right now he's 22 years old um he is having an excellent start to the season and i love to see it uh but we are what 83 at bats in to Juan Franco season and he's already approaching the power numbers and the stolen bases that he had in 2022 in 314 at bats so he's got four dingers on the year last year he had six he's got four stolen bases on the year last year he had sorry five stolen bases on the year last year he had eight um he's doing great and it, it's great to see and he should be a good player and long-term outlook for him is great. That's why he's our number 12 guy under 25. He's not in the top five. It's not part of the consideration, um, but it's good to see. Again, we're 83 at-bats in. We'd like to see a 500 at-bat season here. And then you know, next year, he'll still only be 23 when we do this again. And there's the possibility that he's going to be even better. So two fun, fun things, Robbie, that I just saw. Um, one that's going to make you happy, one that's going to make you sad. Uh, um, if the sad is with the Angels pitching, let's not talk about it. No, no, that's definitely sad. Okay, I good. saw that too. Um, no, this is um, unrelated. Just to end the Wander Franco. Love Wander Franco. Everything's there. The the power upside is the only thing that I think is going to stop him from being the superstar that he can be. Like, you know who my comparable for him is? a very good comparable, different position, but very similar style of players, Robbie Almar. I think just a great hitter overall. Um, with you know above average power, but not elite power at any level. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we got with Juan and Franco. Very similar style of player, in my opinion. Um, I believe Ty that you have said previously on this podcast that you think he's got it in him to have a thirty-plus dinger season. Yeah, and I don't know that you said multiples, yeah. but um, again, we're talking about a guy who is now just twenty-two years old. But again, very much in line with what Robbie Alomar did. Right, very good. Like in line with what. So would you did. say he's like a spitting image? Yeah, I mean, as long as he's not doesn't fall in line with his off field actions, then we're he should be okay. Um, right, because you know we don't want to tear keep, any banners down. Keep the hits on the field, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, his <laughs> his was his was a different kind of of. Well, he uh, was verbal tap, tapping. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> you know the, uh, the 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 sad in the in the bad. I'll start with the sad, and that's Dermis Garcia DFA'd by the Athletics this yeah. afternoon. Um, the good, and I don't know if you saw this, and I made mention to it earlier, but I didn't realize it actually happened. Was Michael Bush got called up by the Dodgers? Yes. Um, so I missed that, but I made the comment about him eventually getting called up. So cool, I was right without knowing I was right. Um, that always is great. I wish that would happen in my arguments with my wife, but yeah. um, it doesn't normally dream, right? go that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I like it. Uh, moving ahead, uh, a guy that I think is fallen out of out of favor, and and we see this a lot with with young guys, right? Like we've talked about this in Dynasty over many years. Like these are the guys you try to buy, try to buy, try to buy. Gunnar Henderson. I still love Gunnar Henderson. There's a professional in here. There's a great. There's great at bats. He's not going anywhere. He's too young. Um, he's still just 21. He got moved really, really quick, succeeded at every single level. The worst thing that happens to Gunnar Henderson is he's going to AAA, right? That's the worst thing that happens. And, and I think the, the Orioles could absolutely let this happen. 
because they're getting production from other guys that maybe they didn't expect. Like Jorge Mateo is having a great start to the season. Your boy Ramon Urias is still there. You know, they've got enough yep. that they can handle the depth to let yeah, this kid go figure it hitters. out. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I think I go ahead. Sorry. I, th I think in a year, all of this Gunnar Henderson time up will be more of a blip. Um, but again, this is what happens when a prospect gets called up and doesn't hit the ground running. All of a sudden people are like, geez, I don't know. Whereas I've been taking more of a slow burn approach with a lot of these guys. Oh, they're really getting hyped. And it's one of those. Yeah. Like that's great. Cause they're doing well at a lower level, but we all know what happens when you get to the show. And a lot of the guys to your point, Ty, about getting rushed up all of a sudden they have a struggle moment. And a lot of it can go back to our time, um, discussing Aaron judge and, and saying like he came up to a level and struggled and then yep. started the next year again at that level and caught on. This could be a Gunnar Henderson learning the pro, the MLB pro game. while he also has very quickly been learning the pro game. So you're going to have to give the guy some adjustment time here. It's only, you know, it's the right thing to do in this situation. Don't go get rid of him because he, he looks like he's going to struggle for two years. You know, be, be professional in your fantasy teams to have those Ramon Urias is on your team. So when those kind of things happen with your studs, you can still put an MLB average hitter in your lineup. Well, and he just lost his groove, right? He'll get it back. Like, I mean, he was feeling it last year, had great at bats, had a great finish to the year last year. Um, it'll, it'll come back around. Uh, what was the thing they called it in, in summer catch? He needs a slump buster. Yeah. Maybe that's buster. what he needs to do. Yeah. He needs to he find needs himself. To find himself. He, yeah, uh, he needs to, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to try to say what I was going to say. Um, it's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> we're we're really trying to get that Toys R Us sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, who who do you have at eleven, Robbie? Do we do we get yours? my eleven's Bobachette? I don't need to say a lot. We talk a lot about him. You know, he's the top player, but I've got him outside my top ten. Um, not because I think there's a major issue with Bobachette. I mean, his stat line last year is amazing: two ninety eight oh two OPS. Uh, 13 stolen bases, 24 home runs. He's doing even better this year in all those categories I just mentioned outside of stolen bases where he has zero. Um, it's your OBP leagues. He's less valuable, but he's still obviously valuable. And the aging factor. And again, talk about defense. Is he a long-term shortstop? Is he, he doesn't have the body in my mind or the arm to move to third. Definitely doesn't have the arm to move to third. Um, but we have seen some weird things happen with players and they move positions that you don't think they should. And all of a sudden they're more effective. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen if he gets locked up long-term in Toronto. So he's not in my top 10. Obviously I'm still talking about a heck of a ball player though. So again, we get to the point with these guys, they're all, they're all home runs in a sense. It's just some of them have warts. So I'm just talking about the warts here. I'm leaving out yeah. kind of the best parts. Well, the only thing is, like, for me, like, that doesn't matter for fancy value that much. Um, I just, the thing I, I like about Bo, I've got him at five, so I've got him a lot higher. Um, right. He He's probably, if he stays on the pace that he's on, going to be the leader in the American League for hits for the third time in his career, right? And, yeah. and somehow people can still find a way to not like him. Um, you know, I, I just, I think there's too much upside here with Bo. Like, this is the kind of guy that can win the MVP, and there's there's maybe seven of those guys. So, you know, I, I don't think I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, if you're looking at the baseball side of it, Robbie, like he certainly maybe isn't the guy I'm starting my franchise with. Yeah. But I, I love that he has good at bats. Like, I think that's the one thing that he's probably the best at in this group 
is he has really, really tough at bats. Like Juan Soto just has great plate, you know, vision. He doesn't necessarily have tough at bats, right? Like if you out pitch Juan Soto, he's going down, right? Like that's just a reality. But if you miss, Juan Soto is going to make you pay for it, right? Whereas Bichette, like you might throw five great pitches and you're like, how is this guy still up here fighting me? And he hits a double off the wall. That's that's what he has that nobody else on this list has, in my opinion. So, you know, that's the only thing I, I just think's worth noting. Um, it is very much like a Derek Jeter, like just fights off tough pitches to keep the game moving. Um, very interesting. But uh, moving ahead here, we're inside the top 10, Robbie. Um, for me, this is my most underrated fantasy asset in all of fantasy baseball right now. I think no one has him anywhere close to where he needs to be on any list that I've seen. Uh, and that's Christian Encarnacion Strand in Cincinnati. I've talked about him a little bit recently. Um, this guy, for me, is is easily going to outproduce most of the guys on this list. Um, and that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to win people championships. But, you know, this is the kind of guy that anchors your first base position for the next 15 years. Uh, and I think it's going to be the easiest reason to bench Joey Votto in the second half here. And, and I think Cincinnati is going to desperately try to find a way to get Votto off their roster, knowing they've got this kid coming. He came back tonight, Robbie, or yesterday. I'm not sure which two for five. Uh, he, he had an injury in spring. We mentioned before he's back and ready to go. So this is a guy that do not wait. If you want to go f- add to your first base depth, do it now. Don't do anything else between now and offering like 500 trades for this guy. Um, because <laughs> you will thank me later on that one. Um, he's just, he's a good ball player. Um, came over from Minnesota, has done nothing. If you look at his his minor league success track record, you're like, why does nobody talk about this guy? And that's the question that I ask as well. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying there. right now to find him on a I'll find it for former... You. What, what do you- I'm just trying know? to find where he is on a former fan tracks lead fantasy guys top like 400 thing. He's not, and I'm, he's not there. I'm at 300. I haven't seen him yet. So minor league track record, Robbie, just, just to cover it up here. We got three seasons. So not huge numbers, 635 plate appearances. He has 36 bombs. So basically a full major league career or season. Sorry. Uh, 132 RBIs hit 318. 965 OPS. So I I love this and and the hit tool is is top notch, which is one of the things that I like the most. So you got power with a high end hit tool. And yep. those two things almost always end extremely well. I feel like I had to have missed him. Most most people have like you mean in list you got to you got to get into uh where are you looking? I'm I'm looking on uh Fantrax to see where he is on oh sorry if he's 57 there we are I, I did miss him 57 on this guy um <clears throat> who's got a track record of yo-yoing prospects um 55 is matt mervis by comparison just so people can get an idea of recency bias um nobody knew of matt mervis one year ago and then he he's landed on everybody's top list because they thought he was going to break in with chicago and we tried to be excited for him. And then once we saw what was happening, um, we all kind of realized oopsie daisies. Do you know what I went, where I went to look for Robbie is I went to go for, uh, Incarnacion on Rotorani.com. Oh, wow. Plugging Rotorani. 
no, no, no. It's never dumping on him. He's not on oh. Ronnie's page at all. Oh, uh, so he's not in the top 400. I wonder uh, if Roto Ronnie has updated because he had asked me for my top whatever list. I think I gave my top 400 prospects um, and put that up. So he was building his aggregate rankings using fantasy pros and some other things as well as some paywall sites. So I'm surprised see, he's not on the list. I don't see a dingers list. I see paywall one and paywall two, which I don't think are going to be us. Um, no. Now is that updated for 2023? It says 2023. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a miss Ronnie. Uh, if you're listening, so rotoronnie.com will pump the site while we crap on it. Um, yeah. where's my ranking, Ronnie? Cause you asked me for my list. I, I get the dingers list. You could easily have acquired, but my own personal list, which last year I did not offer up, um, for public sale because a couple of people had asked me about it privately. So anyway, uh, let's keep going here. Well, before, like, I think Ronnie currently as a listener is scurrying and Ronnie is the type of guy to scurry, uh, with his laptop down to that famous couch in the basement. And he is updating <laughs> that list as we speak. So <laughs> he's pressing update so my 10th guy you don't have on your top 25 um it's 25 year old Stephen kwan high average uh outfielder you know not really a pop guy but stolen base potential you know 20 ish and a good player off to a slow start i mean i love that glenn did a glenn thing in our home league and dropped him it just proved further proves the point of not being patient with a guy who plays in an outdoor park in in April mm-hmm. like so he started slow and he started hot last year so what like we could have had a warmer April last year could have had less wind less something an, an effect that's now taking um into consideration Quan. but I, again like this is somebody who's just going to be your high average guy your kind of safe lock and load outfielder doesn't mean you build your team around him but you certainly with him in your lineup are able to take chances on power guys, average guys, like guys who could have some big numbers, but also have some risk involved. Quan's the steady Eddie that helps to keep you in week in and week out. If you've got like, you know, the streaky type player, Quan's a great guy to have in your lineup. Now, sure. He hasn't been great early. We're, we're a couple weeks in, we're talking about years of dynasty rankings here. We're not, we're not interested in the first couple weeks unless we've seen something that's like shocking. Like they're only using one hand, you know, we're not concerned otherwise. And Quan's a really good player in Cleveland and I think has cemented himself in the outfield and not at all in risk of becoming a platoon guy. He's an everyday, uh, ideally going to move and get some right field time, but ideally, or sorry, but otherwise he's a you know a left fielder for you in the future. Yep. No, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I also agree with the Glenn shouldn't have dropped him part. Um, it's just too early in the year. That's all. 14 yeah. team league with seven keepers. And I believe he was a keeper for Glenn last year. He dropped him. Yeah. Like Glenn's outfield's good, but I mean, I I've got, uh, so many injured players right now. I have to leave some of the guys in my starting lineup. Uh, yeah. it's just early, you know, I just, you don't want to lose those assets before you, before you have to. So anyway, yeah. uh, we got at nine. <clears throat> well, we've, we've both have guys at nine that we've talked about before. You've got oh, Luis okay. Robert at nine. I yeah. have, uh, Jordan Walker, who we've talked about. So we can kick through right to eight if you want to keep it going. Well, my oh. eight is Bobby Witt, who you already talked about. So if you've yeah. got if you've got an eight that we haven't discussed, please do. I do. I have Josh Young uh, or Josh Young, as they're saying on the, the broadcast. Um, this is a guy I talked about all offseason, Robbie, um, a, a guy I love. He's doing exactly what I thought he would do. He had two more home runs today. 
the average is is way up in the 282.90 range. This is a guy I think maybe not necessarily this year, but I think this is uh, a guy that fits the Encarnacion Strand kind of mold. High average, power upside. Like for me, this is the guy. If I was to fast forward, like I'm saying, Simeon, Seager, Young, Nathan Lowe. Like that's the four in that order. So if you're gonna sandwich Young between Seager and Lowe for the foreseeable future, that's a guy I can love from a fantasy perspective. Um, probably the guy I hyped the most in the offseason. And, and I think for good reason. He fell down way too many boards. This is the last year he's going to be on this list because he's 25. Uh, college bat, has the track record. The only thing that happened to him was that he had a shoulder injury, required surgery, uh, fell out of favor with some people that could pump him up. And he just didn't get the appropriate press that he should have had coming into the pro season. So um, I think rookie of the year here in the American league is, is where I see this ending. Well, time will tell. We did do the preseason rankings. You can always, or uh, predictions. You can always go back and then uh, look who I had as my NL rookie of the year. It's looking pretty good right now uh, with that guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, my number six tie is your number three. So I'll leave it. My number five is your number one. So if you've got a, uh, sorry, my five and six, if you've got a, a six and a five, go for it. And then we can meet up on four. Yeah. So six, I have, I have your number one. So I'm going to skip that one. Um, <laughs> so, so se- who's your se- five? <laughs> I have seven. I have seven. We still got to cover seven. Oh, is Adley Rushman, who we talked about a little bit earlier on. Uh, yeah. This guy's just all around hitter. Um, you know, I hate that he's still a catcher. I'm still terrified that that's going to come back to bite him at some point. But in terms of what he does offensively, like he's just about as polished as you could ask a 25 year old college bat to be. Um, the power's there. Looks like he's got the the gamer mentality to have clutch up at bats. Uh, you know, he, he can seemingly hit the ball anywhere except to that crazy left field porch. Uh, and even then he's still thrown a couple over already this year. So I just really, really like that Rushman and that lineup's only going to get better. Uh, we didn't talk about Kirstad, you know, Kobe Mayo's coming like that lineup is going to be uh, fun, right? It, it's going to mm-hmm. be really fun to watch. Um, and Rushman's going to be right in the center of it. So, I, I like him a little higher than you have him, Robbie, just because I think over the next few years, again, 25-year-old like like Young, um, last time he's going to be on this list, I think he peaks out right now on this list. But, you know, I, I really, really like him for the next several years. Um, that's just a great hitter. Okay. Uh, so, well, so what, four is where we meet up? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's the reason we <laughs> talk about. But I publish it at five. And- yeah, yeah, I had okay, Bobichet yeah, at five. Um, my six is your one, so we'll skip over that. Um, yeah. And then four is Juan Soto, who, which we agree on. It's crazy yeah. to think Juan Soto's four on this list. Like, that's just, at this stage, is just nuts. And, I mean, there's no reason he can't be with the guys ahead of him. But, you know, at the same time, like, it's just nuts. Because uh, <laughs> Juan well, Soto's a really me, good baseball player. The, the four guys I've got ahead of him, or sorry, three guys I've got ahead of him, all have a category that he doesn't. That's stolen bases. And that's that is the difference. Uh, if you're taking uh, yeah. into if you're taking into OBP leagues, um, you know you're doing other things. Yeah, Juan Soto goes up higher. But I'm just talking like general fantasy, where I'm going to take some OPS into this. Um, yeah. And I feel like Soto lands behind three guys who I think all have the ability to do one category that he doesn't do, and almost could have slipped to fifth. Um, 
behind the guy that I've got at five, but I, he's a cheater. So I, I don't want anything to do with him. So I couldn't, couldn't sorry. do that. Sorry. Before we move on, just Yancey with a classic Yancey troll tweet. Um, Jose Suarez, five Ks in four innings, fire emoji. Yeah. <laughs> also gave up like a bazillion runs. So he's, just, he's seven, seven runs. Okay. That's all it was, was seven <laughs> runs. And now he's had five innings, five Ks. All right. Uh, Angels are losing by five runs to Oakland right now. My goodness. Uh, but anyway, we got Soto at, at four. Obviously, he does a lot of things very well. He started slow this year. But we're waiting on what could be like an insane contract and something, you know, to happen within San Diego. Um, but just getting Tatis now as his teammate in that lineup, uh, there should be a huge summer ahead. You know, it should be hot guys summer in San Diego this year. So, Ty, why don't you do like your, you know, three, two, one, and then I can do yep. my three, two, one. That's probably Perfect. the easiest way, I think, right? Yeah, I've got Vlad at three. I mean, Vlad's back. Like, you know, we saw a down year last year from, from Vlad. Uh, he's been amazing so far this year. Great great plate appearances. I mean, the only thing with Vlad that's the one asterisk I'll throw on him is there's just random at-bats where he's just not ready to hit. And I, and I don't know what it is, but he goes up there and takes three brutal hacks, and he goes and sits down. So I don't know if it's like, he got winded playing first base or or what but you know it, there's just there's these at bats that just happen out of nowhere where he just looks like an absolute amateur um and then he goes right back in the very next at bat and smashes one off the wall so i don't know if it's some weird cat and mouse game that he's got going on but it is a weird thing that does happen in his game but outside of that nobody hits the ball harder as often as as vladdy does in all of baseball right it doesn't exist he's the best at it uh so for me, that get, has to get you into this list. I think he's the only guy, you know, or I shouldn't know, there's two guys on this list that can hit 50 home runs. Um, both of them are in my top three. Uh, he's one of them. Uh, my number two is is a guy you love, Robbie. Um, you you do have him in your top three as well. It's Ronald Acuna yep. Jr. Uh, my only scare with Acuna Jr. is is the bat, the hit tool and the injury, right? the He's going to hit 25 home runs. He's going to steal 20 bases, maybe 25. Uh, he's in a great lineup and both those numbers could be low realistically, but it, it all comes down how many times he's going to strike out and can he stay on the field? And both of those two items terrify me. It's the only, th it's the only reason he's never, ever going to be number one on any of my lists ever. Okay. I'm just very quickly. I wanted to verify that at this exact moment in time. Yes, he is the number one player in eight by eight at this moment in time, having a great year. And he, again, do you know who else player. was number one this year? Adam Duvall. Adam no, Duvall was number, was number one. He was number uh, no, two. No, he got to number one after like the first two days. So, um, oh, okay, maybe two yeah. days in. Okay, my yeah. apologies. I'm uh, just saying it can uh, happen to anybody. Ronnie Roto is first in our league at one point. Um, so that's right. You know, it can yeah. happen. Uh, the early. <laughs> <laughs> that was early. Anyway, okay. So, uh, yeah. So you've you got your three, two. Go to your one. I because like I think Acuna is excellent, but but to your point, I just think that there could be issues where he's not year over year able to right. have the best stat line of this group that's what yeah and and he's got lag injuries as a speed guy that that terrifies me like the the stat like the data behind what happens to guys that have acl surgery is is overwhelming in terms of what's going to happen the rest of his career right so can he skate around that can he be an outlier he absolutely can and it could be a non-issue. And we look back on this conversation, we say it was really dumb things that we said. However, 
We could be absolutely right. The data historically could be absolutely right. And, and that's why you stay away from some of these guys. Uh, a guy that I think people have put into this category more so than Acuna is my number one. That's Tatis Jr., uh, who luckily has gotten away from the ringworm. Um, no more of that. And, you know, he, he's able to play Major League Baseball again. Uh, and, and I just he's, – he's easily the most talented guy on this list, Robbie. Like, from an upside perspective, nobody can touch what he does. Um, anywhere on this list. And, and that's saying a lot because Acuna is a pretty good all-around guy. Um, but I think if you were to say which one in a one-on-one battle, just complete skill, it's even for you as an Acuna guy, it is tough to argue that Tease has more upside. Um, and I would love to see you defend it, and you're welcome to do it. Um, but for me, Tease number one all day, every day. Well, like you're talking about it like a cheater with shoulder issues. And... Uh reckless off the field life you know um he he is a bad boy and i don't like me the bad boy in baseball i i want somebody who i can rely on like acuna over over a tatis so i've got tatis at five i've got vladdy at six it's not a knock on vladdy it's stolen base and that's the same thing with soto he just doesn't do a category he doesn't do it at all and it sucks tatis does but the other thing that tatis does is he missed a year and a half of baseball so if you want to say, oh, don't live in the past with it, yeah, no problem. Um, ask all the guys who were waiting on him to return last year, Ty included, only to find out Boomy suspended, which again, he would have known a long time in advance of the suspension. And then it would have been um, being, uh, what is it when, when you get suspended? You can uh, not have it upheld. You can protest it. You can, you can fight it. You can do whatever. But <clears throat> anyway, I just don't know that we're going to be real happy with Tatis in six years and seven years. And I can see like those blips and those things within, cause he's a very dynamic guy, but is he going to continue to do that? And um, to that, to that effect is jazz Chisholm, not just the um, name brand version of what Tatis is. I think no, they're going to be, no, nah, no, I think they're going to be somebody, more comparable. No, then. somebody clip that. That needs to be clipped. No, uh, uh, yeah. No. Jazz Chisholm no. and Fernando Tatis jr are going to be so much closer in fantasy value no way over their careers yes no no yeah. i mean like what tatis has done to this point in his career might be better than what chisholm does really because because tatis missed an entire season yeah so we that's, could, the, that's we could, what i'm getting at that's exactly <laughs> what i'm getting at <laughs> we, we could look and see where they are because because both players can be very big fantasy impacts and for their major league team and all that stuff. But now, now Rodoroni's pacing in front of his couch. My fear is that we're getting a little too excited about Tatis just being, you know, Wander Franco hype level here. And I'm not, I'm not up to that. So anyway, someone that we haven't talked about in a long time is my number three. Um, and that's Michael Harris. Now, yes, I've got Michael Harris above Juan Soto. Um, that has to do with the fact that Michael Harris can be a 25-25 guy while Ronald Acuna is a 30-30 type guy. And uh, Acuna is again at my number two. And Julio Rodriguez is my number one. I think that, and we talked about it before, he's 21 years old. Uh, we can see a bit of a transition as in, in his game where the stolen bases could go down slightly as the power goes up. So if you want to count those two categories as one, it's very safe to say you can consistently expect to see 50 total you know, between home runs and stolen bases for years to come with him. A good competitive Seattle team should make him an 80-80 type guy. Um, depending on exactly where he is in the lineup, the RBIs and the runs are going to vary a little bit. But again, this could also be somebody on a loaded team 
who's got 115 RBI season, 110 run season. Uh, the the sky is the limit with Julio based on where the Mariners are in their development of the rest of the lineup because it's going to begin with Julio. It's a matter of how deep it is. And right now it's it's a deep lineup, but it's not firing on all cylinders. So um, that's it. That's That's the top 25 for each of us. Uh, 25 years of age and younger. It's a good thing maybe in the off season to do a, an under 25 list. Um, that would be another way to go about it. But again, these are basically like, who are your dynasty targets that you should be legitimately paying the price for? And yeah. uh, we did the starting pitchers a few weeks back. Go back and listen to that. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you're new to the podcast and just so you know, an hour 40. Uh, yeah. We're just getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, Totally. Yeah, I mean, this is a short episode. So, um, you know, looking forward to all the people backlash on Tatis versus Chisholm. I cannot wait for those tweets. I'll pop that uh, on the Twitter machines. I like oh, I like yeah. it. Like, I, I, I like how much in favor of me that is going to go. Um, I'm going to get the the point, like the stat totals to date set up for it just to have a look. I'm going to I might even like, I don't know, look, do some work on this one just for fun, because it, it is going to it's going to be a laugh for people who just want to say, oh, Tatis, oh, Tatis. So, but they're forgetting, you know, Jazz Jazz is, is elite. He has just had injuries. And you know what he didn't do when he got hurt? He didn't juice. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Purdue, I'll take I'll take the needle bump all day, every day. Uh, if it helps me win championships, I do not care. Uh, it, it means nothing to me. I have no moral boundaries on my fantasy team. This is a fact. Yeah, this uh, guy owns Trevor Bauer multiple leagues. Still has. I, own him. I do own him in zero. <laughs> I do own that guy in zero. And it's not because of the moral boundary. It's just because he doesn't play Major League Baseball. Um, right. I would absolutely buy if, a value right now. If someone told me he was going to come back in six months, I would trade for him everywhere right now. Yeah, that, but so that would I everybody mean. else. That, so would everybody. Yeah, I yeah, think that's, but that's assuming someone told me before they told everyone else. I was kind of. He's an innocent man. He's an innocent man. I don't know that that's necessarily the truth, but. That's a great spot to leave it, Robbie. Until Absolutely, next time. yeah. Tyler yeah. Rob here on Dingers. <laughs>